Hi everyone, welcome to my episode 2 titled Exceptionally Single. You are not single as an excuse to become a torture to society. Single living was not instituted just so that you can become a sad excuse for a person. Rather, it was instituted to enhance our self-image and to reveal the hidden man of strength and character. Some of the worst habits and lifestyles that badly affect marriage are formed in singledom. The sense of freedom associated with being single is responsible for the widespread and the delinquent behavior of most young adults. The notion that we don't have to be accountable to anyone for the way and manner we live our lives as single people is the motivation for the bad choices we make that would eventually haunt us for the rest of our lives. It is considered to be very delinquent to continue to hide in singledom as an excuse for living recklessly, without clarity about what singlehood represents in the first place. Society's cold reactions towards single people is not without its own fair share of the vices associated with single living. So many social vices are perpetrated in the guise of single living. What we have today as bad parenting and sad family expressions have their roots in misguided single living. The primary objective of the single life is to become an exceptional reference point. As a single young adult, your primary goal must be about making the most of your singleness in both enhancing yourself and finding out your life's work. As a single man, you have no business seeking a spouse until you have attained a certain level of admiration and respect. You should possess the unique qualities of a real man with enviable results as the ideal husband of great honor and father of pride. The type of husband that would ravish his wife with affection and spoil her with gifts. The type whose wife would freely and willingly submit to and treat as a king and whose children would admire as a role model. Are you that type of a man? For the single sisters, you'd need more than twerking and posing nude on social media to adequately fit in as the right partner. You must become the kind of woman that commands respect on a man and stand by him to strengthen and support him, not to drain and ruin him. The kind of wife that submits to his authority and spoils him with romance even in the absence of finance. The type of mother that acquits with honor, appreciates and idolizes. Are you that type of woman? If you are not any of these as a single man or woman, don't even bother signing up for the marriage 
it will do you no good. The space between single and being married is called being ready. Nothing guarantees success in marriage far more than an absolute readiness for it. Most singers let themselves get coerced into succumbing to the pressure from their surrounding environments and just jump right into marriage without considering whether or not they are actually ready for it. Anyone who fails to prepare for a thugster ahead should be prepared to fail in it. And to think that age is the determinant for telling whether or not you are ready is such a big joke. Growing up old is not as important as growing up, especially when it comes down to the subject of marriage. You are not ready for marriage because you are old enough, but because you are mature enough. A successful marriage does not depend on age, but on maturity. Age is the illusion that you are mature. And why age is about growing old, maturity is about growing up. It is up to time for an individual to grow older, whereas it is up to the individual to grow old, to grow up. Maturity is a sensitive response to time and an obligation to use discretion. It is known or it is the knowing of what to do and when to do it. Because everyone your age are either married or already getting married doesn't indicate that it is time to jump into marriage too. It would surprise you to discover that a lot of marriages were started for the wrong reasons. One of which is the feeling of being left out or being the told wheel among your peers. Marriage is not a unanimous decision made by a certain age group. Whether you marry before or after your peers, just be sure that you only did so because you are convinced that you are ready. We live in a society where age is prioritized over maturity in marriage, and that is very sad. Society just wants you to be married, especially when you are becoming too old to be numbered among single people. Whether you're matured enough for it is of little interest to society. Just get married. Society frowns more at older single people than the younger ones. Trust me, you don't want to be in court in your 30s or 40s still single as a lady. Society will treat you like a pandemic. Friends and well-wishers who still have the courage to talk about you would share your narrative like a sad tale. Your name will be found in every prayer house and shrines in the hope that if God wouldn't deem to show you even a small portion of his mercy, then perhaps any of the man-made gods would. Your parents would come so hard on you like your math teacher would have wanted you to calculate or understand calculus. Oh, trust me, you don't want to be found as a single man in your 40s or 50s. Society would slander you, declare you a most wanted criminal and put a bounty on your head, ready to crucify you at the slightest chance they get. 
You would be on the blacklist of every young lady and accused of rape for saying her. Your pastor most probably would have been fed up and given up on you, leaving you to the mercy of the gods of your ancestors. Widows who gossip about you and tell orphans that you are the bastard son of a prostitute, born to a criminal but raised by a witch and a madman. Cultural indifference also contributes to the challenge of age. Most families wouldn't let their younger children marry before the older ones, even when the younger ones feel adequately ready to do so, thereby delaying the younger ones until the elder ones are ready. There is no need to address these issues urgently with the utmost regard for single living. Let whoever is ready to get in the line do so gallantly and let us find the courage to respect the decisions of those who are bold enough to admit that they are not ready yet. At such a time as this, when so many people are so anxiously awaiting that special day, when they finally get to say those two magic words, I do. There is an urgent need to acquaint oneself with the three relatively crucial capacities that both a male and a female are required to occupy in order to authenticate their readiness for marriage. For a male, before you rush out to say I do, prove first that you are a man. The scripture is clear about who the ideal male person for marriage is, in saying according to the book of Genesis 2.24, that therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The emphasis on the man is a reminder that marriage is not for boys or rascals, but for grown-ups. They are a few characteristics that define who an ideal man is. 1. He is independent. He makes his own decisions and choices without necessarily depending on the opinions of especially family members. If he still needs mommy's consent or daddy's approval, then he's obviously a boy. Don't let his baritone voice or heavy moustache fool you. This beard gang member won't even survive the first marital crisis. He'd always cry to mommy or daddy when the chips are down. In fact, he still has his room furnished in daddy's house, showing no sign of leaving home anytime soon. Two, he is resourceful. He makes a good living and can manage the home affairs resourcefully. He does not spend all day at the gym building muscles. Masculinity is not defined by the muscular physique. Having a perfectly chiseled body with frozen abs and six packs won't pay bills. Financial power will always be superior to physical power. Those with physical strength end up working for those with financial strength. Don't be fooled by the heavy iron weights he pulls or lifts. If his bank account can't lift up every burden, then his physical muscles are a waste. Action-oriented 3. Men are known typically to be people of action. They do more than they talk. 
His capacity to act promptly in response to critical demands and maturity to manage his emotions under pressure defines his gender power. He is not just a figurehead of emptiness, but a throughhead by deeds. We can cut women some slacks when they let their emotions drip profusely and spill their guts, but definitely not with men. Any man cut in the art is viciously attacked and condemned by society. Real men are identified by their independence, resourcefulness, and action-orientedness, not by their age or size. You would have noticed that the moment you start to produce real results in any endeavor as a young man, people start to advise you to get married regardless of your age. That was the case for many years. Everything suggested that I was ready for marriage. As such, family and friends who didn't quite know my age always remarked, Esther, you have everything required to start a family. What are you waiting for? And I was just in my early 20s. What they are simply pointing out was that what defines a man or woman is neither his age nor stature, but his ability and capacity to produce substantial results. Hence, the man is also called a producer. Thank you very much. My next episode will be called Different Categories of Single People. So I'll be taking them one after the other. Thank you so much as you listen. The next episode is mind-blowing and I can't wait for you to listen to that. Thank you. Hi everyone, welcome to my episode 2 titled Exceptionally Single. You are not single as an excuse to become a torture to society. Single living was not instituted just so that you can become a sad excuse for a person. Rather, it was instituted to enhance our self-image and to reveal the hidden man of strength and character. Some of the worst habits and lifestyles that badly affect marriage are formed in singledom. The sense of freedom associated with being single is responsible for the widespread and the delinquent behavior of most young adults. The notion that we don't have to be accountable to anyone for the way and manner we live our lives as single people is the motivation for the bad choices we make that would eventually haunt us for the rest of our lives. It is considered to be very delinquent to continue to hide in singledom as an excuse for living recklessly without clarity about what singlehood represents in the first place. Society's cold reaction towards single people is not without its own fresh share of the vices associated with single living. 
So many social vices are perpetrated in the guise of single living. What we have today as bad parenting and sad family expressions have their roots in misguided single living. The primary objective of the single life is to become an exceptional reference point. As a single young adult, your primary goal must be about making the most of your singleness and both enhancing yourself and finding out your life's work. As a single man, you have no business seeking a spouse until you have attained a certain level of admiration and respect. You should possess the unique qualities of a real man with enviable results as the ideal husband of great honor and father of pride. The type of husband that would ravish his wife with affection and spoil her with gifts. The type whose wife would freely and willingly submit to and treat as a king and whose children would admire as a role model. Are you that type of a man? For the singer sisters, you'd need more than twerking and posing nude on social media to adequately fit in as the right partner. You must become the kind of woman that commands respect on a man and stand by him to strengthen and support him, not to drain and ruin him. The kind of wife that submits to his authority and spoil him with romance even in the absence of finance. The type of mother that accuses with honor Appreciate and idolize. Are you that type of woman? If you are not any of these as a single man or woman, don't even bother signing up for the marriage. It will do you no good. The space between single and being married is called being ready. Nothing guarantees success in marriage far more than an absolute readiness for it. Most singers let themselves get coerced into succumbing to the pressure from their surrounding environments and just jump right into marriage without considering whether or not they are actually ready for it. Anyone who fails to prepare for a thought ahead should be prepared to fail in it. And to think that age is the determinant for telling whether or not you are ready is such a big joke. Growing up old is not as important as growing up, especially when it comes down to the subject of marriage. You are not ready for marriage because you are old enough, but because you are mature enough. A successful marriage does not depend on age, but on maturity. Age is the illusion that you are mature. And why age is about growing old, maturity is about growing up. It is up to time for an individual to grow older, whereas it is up to the individual to grow old, to grow up. Maturity is a sensitive response to time and an obligation to use discretion. It is known or it is the knowing of what to do and when to do it. 
because everyone your age are either married or already getting married doesn't indicate that it is time to jump into marriage too. It would surprise you to discover that a lot of marriages were started for the wrong reasons. One of which is the feeling of being left out or being the told wheel among your peers. Marriage is not a unanimous decision made by a certain age group. Whether you marry before or after your peers, just be sure that you only did so because you are convinced that you are ready. We live in a society where age is prioritized over maturity in marriage, and that is very sad. Society just wants you to be married, especially when you are becoming too old to be numbered among single people. Whether you're matured enough for it is of little interest to society. Just get married. Society frowns more at older single people than the younger ones. Trust me, you don't want to be in court in your 30s or 40s still single as a lady. Society will treat you like a pandemic. Friends and well-wishers who still have the courage to talk about you would share your narrative like a sad tale. Your name will be found in every prayer house and shrines in the hope that if God wouldn't deem to show you even a small portion of his mercy, then perhaps any of the man-made gods would. Your parents would come so hard on you like your mass teacher would have wanted you to calculate or understand calculus. Oh, trust me, you don't want to be found as a single man in your 40s or 50s. Society would slander you, declare you a most wanted criminal and put a bounty on your head, ready to crucify you at the slightest chance to get. You would be on the blacklist of every young lady and accused of rape for saying her. Your pastor most probably would have been fed up and given up on you, leaving you to the mercy of the gods of your ancestors. Widows who gossip about you and tell orphans that you are the bastard son of a prostitute, born to a criminal but raised by a witch and a madman. Cultural indifference also contributes to the challenge of age. Most families wouldn't let their younger children marry before the older ones, even when the younger ones feel adequately ready to do so, thereby delaying the younger ones until the elder ones are ready. There is no need to address these issues urgently with the utmost regard for single living. Let whoever is ready to get in the line do so gallantly and let us find the courage to respect the decisions of those who are bold enough to admit that they are not ready yet. At such a time as this, when so many people are so anxiously awaiting that special day, when they finally get to say those two magic words, I do. There is an urgent need to acquaint oneself with the three relatively crucial capacities that both a male and a female are required to occupy in order to authenticate their readiness for marriage. For a male, before you rush out to say I do, prove first that you are a man. The scripture is clear about who the ideal male person for marriage is, 
in saying according to the book of Genesis 2.24, that therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The emphasis on the man is a reminder that marriage is not for boys or rascals, but for grown-ups. They are a few characteristics that define who an ideal man is. 1. He is independent. He makes his own decisions and choices without necessarily depending on the opinions of especially family members. If he still needs mommy's consent or daddy's approval, then he's obviously a boy. Don't let his baritone voice or heavy moustache fool you. This beard gang member won't even survive the first marital crisis. He'd always cry to mommy or daddy when the chips are down. In fact, he still has his room furnished in daddy's house, showing no sign of leaving home anytime soon. Two, he is resourceful. He makes a good living and can manage the home affairs resourcefully. He does not spend all day at the gym building muscles. Masculinity is not defined by the muscular physique. Having a perfectly chiseled body with frozen abs and six packs won't pay bills. Financial power will always be superior to physical power. Those with physical strength end up working for those with financial strength. Don't be fooled by the heavy iron weights he pulls or lifts. If his bank account can't lift up every burdens, then his physical muscles are a waste. Action-oriented three. Men are known typically to be people of action. They do more than they talk. His capacity to act promptly in response to critical demands and maturity to manage his emotions under pressure defines his gender power. He is not just a figurehead of emptiness, but he threw head by deeds. We can cut women some slacks when they left their emotions drip profusely and spill their guts, but definitely not with men. Any man cut in the art is viciously attacked and condemned by society. Real men are identified by their independence resourcefulness and action-orientedness, not by their age or size. You would have noticed that the moment you start to produce real results in any endeavor as a young man, people start to advise you to get married regardless of your age. That was the case for many years. Everything suggested that I was ready for marriage. As such, family and friends who didn't quite know my age always remarked, Esther, you have everything required to start a family. What are you waiting for? And I was just in my early 20s. What they are simply pointing out was that what defines a man or woman is neither his age nor stature, but his ability and capacity to produce substantial results. Hence, the man is also called a producer. Thank you very much. My next episode will be called Different Categories of Single People. So we'll be taking them one after the other. Thank you so much as you listen.
The next episode is mind-blowing and I can't wait for you to listen to that. Thank you.